Break. He's the one, he's the only R.J. Bell. Straight out of Vegas. Overtime or straight out of Vegas AM, taping in overtime. This is the Monday after show edition for Tuesday morning. We got a great aftermath. Steve Fezzik joins. Hi, Fez. We're going to let you have your top couple takeaways from the weekend we didn't get to on the main show. And then we're going to end with some talk on how good the Bills are, how good the Chiefs are, and I believe the fatal flaw in the Chiefs. Takeaway number one. The parody in the NFL is at a point that I've now, never that, seen there's before. There's apples and then parodies. <laughs> ah. Ah. Go ahead. So <laughs> the season started out and I was making a case for how good Kansas City and Baltimore were and how oh, they had... Whoa, whoa, whoa. I think we actually have some tape on that. You want to hear it? Yes, please. I've been doing this a lot of years. I've never, ever, never, let me say that, ever have seen two teams... Kansas City, ah, and Baltimore, better the distance. It's a disparity. Go ahead. And now, (laughs) fast forward to the end of the year, I have six teams all rated at the top within two points of each other. Wait a minute. So it's the opposite. It's exactly the opposite. And what's curious about this is that Kansas City has remained the one team in the futures market that has completely separated themselves. They're a little bit less than two to one. Everyone else you get five to one or better. And yet I've got all these teams rated just a smidgen below Kansas City right now. So what you're saying is a very intelligent batter would try to find someone to take a bet like, hey, you take Kansas City and give me two teams. And oh, by the way, because Kansas City is so dominant, Give me a plus money payoff. Exactly. That would be the nuts to this argument. I mean, really, that's the platonic ideal. Like, that's what you would... Interestingly, we made that bet last week. We did. Now, were you of a different mind? What what was your thinking? Like, take us behind the curtain and help us understand how you were thinking. Well, I know what the futures market numbers are. And Kansas City's been cruising along, coasting along at just under two to one, just wrapped up home field advantage. Now, do you believe that the futures market with their 40% takeout is hyper-representative of the truth? Because I would make the case when you have 40% to sway, you're going to sway towards the public biases. And since they already have a lot of Kansas City exposure, they're not really anxious to take more. So what's their motivation to increase the Kansas City payout, even though if the truth of Kansas City ver- uh, evolves? There's no motivation whatsoever. But you still thought that's the truth. Well, I'm not saying it's an efficient market or even a semi-efficient market, but I'm saying... Then why would you let it guide your batting? Because it was so disparate. But it really wasn't disparate with our odds. At yeah. the time... You're right. You, you made it where it really aligned with the market. Exactly. So, but so what all I, the bias is just you just gave to me. So I was lazy. 
I basically computed the probabilities of each team winning based upon the futures market. Which you just said is inefficient. Which I say is inefficient, yes. And then I adjusted for the vigorous approximately and said, yeah, Kansas City's right around 30%, a little bit more. These other teams, maybe a little bit above 10%. The bottom line is that these other teams have a better than 10% chance. And Kansas City, it's optimistic to say they got a 32% chance. Well, just think of it like this. Yeah. In our day, we trust oh, yeah, we them, baby. Here we go. Tuition paid. <laughs> Tuition paid. It's, it's, it's slow learning. Hey, maybe I'll suck out, you know? I mean, I, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. By the way, were you rooting on the Green Bay to get the second seed? Because of our bet. <laughs> you know what's funny? I didn't actually. So the bet was I did some extra work last week, you know, because we were in crunch time to have our third straight winning season in the Super Contest $5,000 entry gold edition. Went nine and one to finish the year. I was zeroed in. That said, one of the things I uncovered was, and dedicated listeners know this, was that Green Bay could have got one. Or three, they really didn't have a way to get two. So I presented, it was an elaborate trap. And Fez took it, like, and just ran. He goes, give me a thousand on that. That was a big, I mean, I would have had to owe you 10,000. Well, you, you were trying to get all your money back at once. Yeah. Remember you, what they say in those, those confidence movies? It's always the other person's greed. So you came through. Well, ultimately, I was pleased Green Bay at least won. So I would have lost the bet anyways, even if. Doesn't matter I though. You I know. A, you made a bet you couldn't. Now I think you could have won if there were a certain confluence of ties. So in a way, you didn't have a. Oh well. A, so I got that going. Yeah. For well, you did. It's it's over now. Wonderful. You, you don't continue. All right. Second point here. Let's talk. Oh, about, what's our What's our action then? Are we looking to bet what? Because you believe Kansas City's closer to the pack. Who's your six teams? Kansas City. We done in order. Kansas City number one. Buffalo 2, Green Bay, New Orleans, Baltimore, Tampa Bay. I agree. Tampa's better than we think. Or a lot of people think. They got a tough path. So what do we do? Do we look to bet against Kansas City? I think so. So Baltimore would be their matchup, it looks like. Yeah. Now, how much do... I mean, we'll have time to talk about this. What's your gut feeling? How much do we say, hey, Kansas City's overrated? And how much do we say... They've proven they match up well against Baltimore. Yeah, well, that's the problem is do we really want to bet on Baltimore in the playoffs? We've spoken about this is a team we want to avoid in the playoffs going forward. So maybe but that's not that's the That's at the current pricing. If everyone wants to avoid it, maybe there's yeah. value. Yeah, we'll have to see what the number comes. Professionals don't bet teams, Steve. They bet numbers. Speaking of that, number two. Number two, let's look at the Raiders win against Denver. Doesn't look that impressive. Raiders were laying two, two and a half. Really, two and a half. They only win by one. They don't cover. So do we downgrade them? No, I'm going to upgrade Vegas. And here's why. Minus four in turnovers in that game. So if you go back. Minus four, net net in turnovers. Net minus four. So how do teams do that are minus four in turnovers? Not well, not surprising. But look at how bad that they've done. Since 2007, three and 169 straight up. So the Raiders won this game. Two other teams since 2007 have been able to win straight up minus four in turnovers. <laughs> yeah. Well, we actually are crunching the numbers. I think we can actually turn on the mic and hear it. Yeah. The numbers are being crunched right now. Yeah. And the Raiders fell into a situation that I uncovered 
coming into week 17, which is seven win teams. How do they do in the final week of the year? Because the theory is getting to 500, avoiding a losing season has value. We'll talk about that when the numbers are crunched here by the end of our quick AM edition. Third and final point. Or is this your second one? That was my second point. That that went on a long time. Uh Uh-oh. Give us your third one. Third one. Let's talk. What was your first point? First point was parody in the NFL. And then what was your second point? The Raiders undervalued, Denver overvalued. Oh. Yeah. But they don't play any more games, do they? No. So if there's some hypothetical, like, like if they end up having a scrimmage (laughs) or something? (laughs) All right, let's talk. But I agree with you. Keep your discipline. Whatever you do at the end of each week, do it at the end of week 17 because there's nothing worse. And let me speak from experience. There's nothing worse than next August starting to go back through what you hadn't touched since January and trying to figure out why you didn't put that number in. Where You got to go do, it, it, it ends up being three and a half hours to try to catch up to the 40 minutes you avoided at the end of the season. Do it now, kids. Point three. Point three. Let's examine, look into the Seattle-San Francisco game. Now, Seattle won a shootout, 26-23. Is that a shootout? Well, game went over the total. 49 points is a shootout. Yeah, went over the total. No, no, 49 points is not a shootout. What's the average number of points scored? 49. So you're saying average scoring is a shootout. All right, I misspoke. You didn't misspoke because I said no and you said yes. I misspoke twice. That's not how it works, but continue. <laughs> All right. So it looks like these teams had an average offensive. No, it day. seems like a shootout. <laughs> but the truth is, this game could easily have ended 16 to 12. There were 21 points in the final four minutes. And what happened on fourth down? Seattle got a touchdown, and then all heck broke loose the final four minutes of this game. So here's an example where on the scoreboard with the 49 points scored, I think we're going to get value looking to play Seattle games to go under going forward because the bottom line is they're going to, they're going to, the bookmaker is going to go ahead and set Seattle totals and the most recent data point, hey, here's a 49-point game, but there's only 600 yards of offense in this game. There should have been much fewer points than were, that were actually scored. All right. I tend to think the Rams D, who ended up with the best defense by some metrics, uh, matches up particularly well with Seattle. My first thought is under in that game. 43 right now is the number. By the way, seven-win team since 1989, last week of the season. So it's the win to get eight wins and 500 against the spread, 55%. So 69, 57, and four, and straight up at 69 and 61. But it goes to show you, a lot of people will say, oh, these are professionals. They try, eh. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. They usually do. They have a bias towards trying. And when they don't, it's not egregious. It's just that little bit, that little bit. And a team like the Raiders, who didn't cover, but it took four turnovers, for them to even win the game was an aberration. And I think, and remember, with the Raiders, it was even more pronounced. Gruden's first year, six wins. Second year, seven wins. This year, now they have eight they wanted that narrative. Every year we've won more games. I think that that is a great point. And in terms of week 17 motivation, sometimes it's nebulous who's going to be up for a game, who isn't. In retrospect, I wish I had bet big on the Raiders, which ultimately would have been a loss, though, based upon the you know what the number was most of the week. That's Steve Fezzik. I'm RJ Bell. This is Straight Out of Vegas AM bonus overtime content. Now, we got some stuff from the show. 
This was, I think, the best conversation of the show, which was how good is Buffalo? How good are the Chiefs? And what's the difference between the teams and the Chiefs, in my mind, having a fatal flaw? The Buffalo Bills are the two seed, a dominating performance against the Miami Dolphins, 56-26. Buffalo rolls yesterday at home. All right, so let's get the obvious stuff out of the way, Fez. I mean, you owe Josh Allen an apology. Oh, no doubt at all. I talked about how inaccurate Josh Allen was, and he had two straight years in the NFL where he was in the bottom five in terms of his accuracy versus expected. And I said, you know, once you go two years— you don't Especially change. the first two years. Pro Football Focus has done some good analysis on this. And the rookie year is almost not predictive, which might look good for Tua or, you know, looking bad might not mean so much. But the second year, if a player, whatever they are, they are. Now, that's been historically the case. Here, though, Josh Allen was a talented quarterback that had his moments. But as you said, inaccurate. That was after two years. Yeah, so this year, he last I checked, he was tied for second most accurate. So he's gone from bottom five in accuracy to clear-cut top five in accuracy. He's still mobile as well. What a difference. Now, it sounds like you've got a hold of yourself a little better. How did you feel at the end of Titanic when Leo was going to die in the water? <laughs> All right. I mean, I guess he's not going to change, but <laughs> I I agree with Fez. It wasn't as if all the dum-dums, not about Titanic, it wasn't as if all the dum-dums were saying, oh, Josh Allen is nothing. The analytics people, the coaches, the GMs, the people that I trust the most, and I'm a hybrid guy. I like the math, but I'm not married to the math. I realize there's a human element to this. And I think Peterson, and we're going to be talking about the Eagles uh, he doesn't seem to get that. And to me, that's a disconnect. It's a problem. But I don't just look at the numbers. I don't just look at the old coaches or GMs. I, I like to get a hybrid. I don't think any of them really was all that optimistic on Allen. Nobody except that team. The Bills were so dedicated to bring him along one step at a time because there was a stat out there recently. I couldn't believe it. It was 2014. He was playing at a junior college <laughs> and his, his completion percentage, Josh Allen was 49% in a junior college. That's like people that are delivering kegs literally at their real job, you know, as a, a delivery driver playing in between and he couldn't complete half his passes. He's now potentially the second best quarterback in the NFL? I mean, is that even a debate? Well, I guess with Aaron Rodgers playing so well, you know, maybe you could say it's three. But And I know there's a Russell Wilson contingent, all right? And then I know you got Deshaun Watson who had an amazingly sneaky good year. That's the top five. And I mean, who's even in the conversation? Drew Brees also. Nah. I mean, listen, I've, I'm the biggest Drew Brees backer there is. I don't think he's in that conversation right now. The fact you think he may be is an interesting point. I, I mean, Jonas, who else is in that conversation in your mind? I, I think if we're just basing it off this season, it's Aaron Rodgers, and that's it that I would say he's had a better season than Josh Allen. I think he's had a better season than Mahomes. I think he's had a better season than Russell Wilson, than all oh, those yeah. other guys. But what I'm saying is if we say moving forward, and let's accept the fact that Rodgers is a little old or more than a little older, 
but let's say he's still got some prime years left. Let's say we have a three-year horizon and you're drafting. I'm probably taking Josh Allen over Aaron Rodgers myself because he's moving towards 40 at, you know, at the end of the, the three years, which he could still be playing great, but there's a, certainly a question mark about Aaron Rodgers and his age if we look three years out. I also would make the case that with Mahomes, you got to have him in the car. He's just so talented. He's right there, and he's had a great year. Watson, I think I just because of his being a little more fragile, where he's been hurt a few times, he's got that bone-on-bone bone in his knee, I think I'd take Josh Allen over Watson for the next three years. Who do you take? I would take Watson, but it's so close that you're just separating small differences. So Josh Allen and the Bills, an amazing year. Since the Hail Mary they lost, they've won every game by double digits. Every game by double digits. I mean, Feds, right now, where's your power rankings? Who is favored over the Bills? One team. Kansas City Chiefs by half a point. That's That's it. it. And how much did you upgrade them this week? I raised Buffalo a full point. I think that's fair. That's fair. I mean, right now, Joan, is Kansas City, Buffalo, neutral field. Who do you got? I got Kansas City, but I think Buffalo's playing the best football of anybody in the league right now. I'm going to say this again. I've been saying it for weeks. The NFL is an emotional game. You can't just seem to turn it on. I can't remember a team, maybe, maybe the 95 Cowboys. They beat the Steelers in Super Bowl 30, and that was a tough game for me. But they were kind of, you know, Switzer, they were kind of stumbling in the finish line, and they got their last title. Give them credit. Steelers kind of were in Super Bowl 14, too. But, man, let's say this. I don't think we've had a non-dynasty because Kansas City's not a dynasty. Kansas City has one Super Bowl in, well, I guess Super Bowl, what was that, four? But is that right, Steve? Four? Well, you love the matriculate down the field, I'm sure. <laughs> that, was like, that was like my, your guy. It's like, look, there's a nerd. He's on the sideline. That could be me. So, <laughs> so the fact of the matter is, for a non-dynasty, they don't stumble to the finish line. And don't forget, Kansas City now has lost eight straight against the spread and they were fine just getting dismantled i get it they wanted rest i mean the buy wasn't enough for them you think they would have came out and played a hell of a game to say let's make a statement it's almost like they're i don't know if you've ever dealt with union listen my dad tough dude he didn't mind fighting but he you knew you were getting a fight and i mean fists if you were down on the union so I, you know, I've seen both sides of the union stuff because he, you know, he, everything we got's cause of the union is what he'll say. But the fact of the matter is, in certain contexts, union guys are like, oh, you got to move that fridge. Well, I can't do that because you know the master this says we can't. And again, obviously it got that way because there was some real egregious stuff from owners. So I'm not debating it. But if you've ever been around a union situation that's bad. You get a lot of people kind of folding their arms saying, hey, uh, lunch is in one minute. We can't do it because we can't start. And it's like there isn't a sense of let's all kind of do this together as much. It feels like Kansas City is on some great union contract (laughs) that they only want to play at certain times and they're not going to put any effort in that they don't. Oh, this game doesn't matter. Then then it doesn't matter. We're not going to play. Oh, we're up 17. Oh, it's our 90%. If we slack from here, we'll be fine. I mean – 
when have they put effort in, intensity in Kansas City that wasn't warranted? Like It wasn't like, huh, it's impressive. Like the Bills were impressed that they played hard in that situation. When has Kansas City impressed us with their effort this entire year? Oh, they, they haven't. I mean, a single even quarter. And you look look no further than when Kansas City, when their opponent goes ahead and makes it a close game. There's four minutes to go. No team is better with that four-minute drill. Mahomes will run for the first down, run out the clock, and like, where is that the other 56 minutes? Eh, we'll just uh, coast along, do some gimmicky plays. We'll be fine. I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. But the Super Bowl favorites are Kansas City Chiefs, 2-1. to one. The Packers, 5-1. to one. The Bills, 7.5-1. to one. The Saints, 8-1. to one. Tampa Bay Bucks 11 to 1 and then a bunch of teams. Jonas, you're a aficionado of sports. Do you see what I see that the effort level in Kansas City doesn't match historically Super Bowl champions? No, it's 100% right. And they just feel like they're coasting. It just and I I can't get over the fact it's almost like they've done it in reverse to where last year they would get down early in games and then they would figure out a way to make a comeback in the playoffs. And this year it's been like they get up early on games and then you go to the Tampa Bay game, take their foot off the gas. You go to other games this season where they'll look they'll start off strong and then they'll just sort of coast towards the end of the game and it's almost like their mentality is let's just get through the season. Let's get this stuff over with, and then let's get to the playoffs where we're going to really hunker down. And yet here we are, and it's going to be three weeks before any of those starters have actually played legitimate snaps like Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Chiefs are the favor. We question their effort level. Bills are playing as well as anyone. Only a half point worse, but Bills are only the third favorite, paying a, a pretty nice seven and a half to one. Remember, it's not just how good the team is. It's how easy their path is. All right, straight out of Vegas AM, Steve Fezzik. Playoff time, baby. This is, uh, this is when you make money moves, I think the song goes. Is that a song? Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll have you read. <laughs> maybe we'll have you re- This is what we'll do for Wednesday's show. We'll tease ahead. Fezzik will do his rendition. Who's the, who's the singer on that song, McKenzie? Cardi B. She doesn't dance anymore. Oh, okay. That's important. But Cardi B, who's got an attitude, I'd say. Some would say a good attitude. I don't think you'll necessarily feel simpatico with her, but you will with your greed. (laughs) All right. That's Wednesday. Now, we actually have a Tuesday edition, but Fez is uh, very fragile. He doesn't tend to want to work every day. Talk to you then.